0: From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim.
1: Welcome to the show. Welcome to Wednesday. I am Jake Skorheim, your host. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We appreciate it so, so much. Thank you. If you get a chance, wander your way over during the commercial break. No, not during the commercials. We want you to listen to all our advertisers and buy everything they're selling you. After the show, at 10 o'clock, download the podcast. Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. It's free. It's great. It's worth the value. I promise you. All right. We got a great show tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. First thing we do every single night is we like to talk about a little movie trivia clip. It gives you guys a chance to get engaged. You can hit me up on the text line, the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line is what it actually is, 888-973-5476. I'm going to play you a movie trivia clip right now. I'm not going to tell you what it's from. I'm not going to give you any context. You can guess it on the text line, or you can wait for the top of the next hour in the news roundup, and you can just get the answer if you don't want to text in. But a lot of people do text in. Many of you get it right. Many of you also get these wrong, and you have to guess two or three times. But here it is. Ready? Go.
0: The children are screaming. The children are screaming.
1: All right. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good clip. I... I would get that one immediately, but I also picked it, so I know what it is. So you guys have a chance now. Guess triple eight ninety seven three five four seven six. But let's get right into it. Go ahead, Matt. All right, as you guys know, I'm not that interested in politics, and I find legislation to be nor fest So we like to sex it up here when we can.
2: The Beninso School District.
1: Nope, that's not it. <laughs> we like to sex it up when we can. Pretty sexy. All right, so there's this new bill. It's a sexy, sexy bill. It's called Bill 2018, 2018. Sponsored by Representative Stephanie McClintock. A lady. She's from Vancouver. Uh, let's see. All right, to turn this music off, Matt. It's such a of, good song, though. It is good. Bill Withers feels kind of pervy now, though. Um, all right, within this bill... They are trying to ban cell phones in schools. Now, I think this is a great idea. I make fun of these bills all the time. We had one last night. They're trying to ban different kinds of tires. That's a dumb bill. And the person sponsoring that is not a serious person at all if they're going to spend their time talking about tires. This actually will affect people right now, I think. I think this definitely affects people. Kids should not be carrying cell phones into schools. It's super distracting. It also is turning kids into faceless people. They're not even looking you in the face They've done studies now where people can't even pick up on facial cues because they're growing up staring at phones and they're not looking at other people, which is really a bad sign for humanity someday in the future. Listen to this. Um, So House Bill 2018 is sponsored by Representative Stephanie McClintock. Within the bill, uh, they talk about how a study from the London School of Economics was cited. And they say that the study claims – listen to this, this is crazy – the mere presence of a smartphone by a neighboring student in a class – can lower the test scores for the non-phone student right next to them by 16%. So you could go from an A down to whatever that would be. I wasn't super great with math. So let's say it's uh, like, a, what is that, Matt? Like a, a a middle B. You could get a middle B just by sitting next to somebody with a phone. That's not fair. Don't bring phones into class. The legislator further, uh, legislature further finds that the mobile devices can increase... And harm, do harm to students' mental health, either by recording students without consent or through increased cyberbullying. Those things are all true. We've seen those. You know, social media is bad. Washington students are still recovering from the massive effects of closures due to the COVID-19 pandemic, including severe learning loss and troubling trends in student mental health. So, phones. Like, I don't even know why people are allowing their kids to walk into school with phones. Was this ever a problem with you, Matt? They didn't have cell phones school. No, no. High school. In my
0: era, there were no cell phones. so It wasn't a problem.
1: Yeah, me neither. This wasn't even a thing. I remember we had um, – cell phones were just kind of coming out when I was in high school, but they didn't have the internet. You could play. this was little flip phones. It was the Nokia phone that everybody has. It was the Nokia phone that had Snake, and you could play also the one with the paddles. Oh, yeah, uh, Uh, Pong. Pong, yeah, Yeah, there was a Pong version on there. And that was it. But you certainly were not allowed to have those out in class. Like if you took those out in class, the teacher would confiscate it right away. And now, for whatever reason, teachers are allowing students to look at phones in school. Uh, COMO News has a little bit on this story. They talked to some parents. That's the sexy music again. That's my fault, guys. COMO News. Talk to some parents.
2: The Peninsula School District policy says students can bring their phones to school, but they can only use them before school, during lunch, or after school. The only exception is an emergency with an administrator's permission. They shouldn't be in,
0: in the school because, man, I can just imagine myself when I was that age. I had a hard time enough without it.
2: I also think that if you have this computer on your, in your hand, um, you also have resources that you'll be able to use. Um, I think about some of my friends who were academically challenged. The superintendent tells me she recently met with students and had them anonymously fill out cards afterward. She said most agreed limiting their phone access has improved focus and attentiveness in the classroom. So it's kind of this like weird line of like, When is it too much technology? But the district's director of digital learning said they do not believe that these new restrictions will hamper innovation. I also reached out to Senator Lisa Wellman, who does not see a need for the legislature to get involved in banning cell phones in class, but she is closely monitoring how well-prepared students are in the area of technology.
1: You know, I actually kind of agree with that second uh, uh, representative that they reached out to. I'm not sure if you need to spend the elected officials' time, putting up putting forth bills to ban phones. I think schools should just be able to do this. Also, I think parents need to step up and just say, no phones in school for you kids. Parents who are engaged in their kids' education, those kids do fantastic in school. Not always. I mean, my parents are pretty engaged, and now I'm in radio. They don't do always perfect in school, but they tend to do fairly well in school because they know that there's people behind them who are pushing them to succeed. If you have a phone in school and your parents don't care about that, that's a bad deal. Like, you shouldn't just, just don't have phones in school. I think it's, I think it's bad. They should get rid of this. But I don't know if there should be a bill for it. So I kind of disagree with the bill. Here's another bill I want to talk about. Matt, let's go to the next story here. We're going to talk to uh, Matt Markovich in just a couple minutes. He is a wonderful Cairo News reporter. He's got a story I found interesting because this is something that I do all the time. There is, Coupon discrimination happening at large grocery stores, and it's being now targeted in a new Senate bill. It sounds as ridiculous. It, it's it sounds ridiculous to me. So I'm hoping that Matt can kind of explain a little bit more of this to me what this coupon discrimination is. But essentially, what it looks like is a lot of people are able to use digital coupons now. And the state Senator Steve Conway, Democrat Tacoma, he's sponsoring a bill that basically says not everybody has a phone. And so, big grocery stores should be offering those same digital coupons to everyone in some printed form. Now, I don't know how they're going to do that. I imagine that's going to mess with the marketing of these coupons somewhat. And do we really need that? No. Again, we're talking about cell phone bans and coupon discrimination. I think things are going pretty well in our world, if those are the things that our lawmakers are spending their time on. Um, But we're going to talk to Matt Markovich just a little bit on that. I'm really interested in coupon uh, stories because I use these all the time. When I go to Fred Meyer... My dad has this saying, he says, all your heart's desires, you can find them at Fred Meyer's. So we go to Fred Meyer all the time and we pull into the parking spot and we do the thing, I forget what it's called, but you do the thing where you just like order the food and then they come out and they just stick it in your trunk. The shopping experience has vastly changed from when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I would go with my mom and we would go to like Top Foods or something, wherever it was near our house, and we would spend hours walking around that store and shopping forever. And now you're just ordering this. And now you can sit on your couch and you can watch TV and you can be on your phone and you're shopping at the same time, which is pretty great. So shopping is getting a lot is getting a lot better. It's all digital. So I don't know why they're trying to fight this digital, uh, you know, forward momentum with shopping. It's changed the way that I've shopped. And so I really like it. But, you know, Matt Markovich will tell me if this is a, a good thing or a bad thing. So we'll have him next. And that's going to be just about 20 minutes. So stick around for that. All right. Next story. This one's kind of scary, and I don't want to scare you guys. And I don't even know if it's out tonight. Is the moon out tonight, Matt? Do you know? Is there a way to find out? I haven't looked. I mean, we could look up, but can you look it up on the internet? (laughs) Do we have a moon tonight? Did you guys know that the moon is shrinking? Actually shrinking? There is a new study out. The University of Maryland did this new study, and they have found that the core of the moon— Now, I'm not a scientist, so I can only tell you what I've read. I don't know all this stuff just because I'm smart. But the core of the moon is now cooling— Uh, It formed about 4.5 billion years ago, and because the core is now cooling, the lunar surface, which apparently is very brittle, is now contracting, and the moon is shrinking. So according to researchers at the University of Maryland, as it contracts, the surface then becomes more vulnerable to earthquakes, which could cause landslides, endangering future astronaut missions. Now... We've been talking about some astronaut missions coming up soon, some, space, uh, some, some moon landing missions. There's a new uh, uh, moon landing that's planned for 2026. NASA is going to launch the Artemis 3. It will be the first moon landing, uh, the first man or woman, I don't know who's going to be on the moon, on the moon in over a half a century, the last time there was a man on the moon, I guess there is every night, but the last time there was a man, a, a human man on the moon was Apollo 17. It landed December 11th, 1972, and then they just said, all right, I guess we've seen everything. The moon has to offer. We're not coming back here. But they are going back, and so that will be exciting. But these, um, these researchers at the University of Maryland, they said, as we get closer to the crewed Artemis mission's launch date, it's important to keep our astronauts, our equipment, and our infrastructure as safe as possible. Now, if the moon is shrinking, that's a problem. Because they say uh, there could be earthquakes, which then endanger the astronauts on the moon. So they're looking into this. uh, Basically, it just comes down to them trying to find uh, areas of that are better landing sites on the moon. They're not going to have to abandon the flight. They're still going to be able to land on the moon. Just probably not where they're originally planning. It did remind me of this song, which is fantastic. So this is kind of a side note, but it's a night show and it's my show, so we can do whatever we want. That's Michael Stipe and he is the lead singer of R.E.M. I heard this interesting story about how he wrote that song and it was on Smartlist, great podcast. Everyone in the world listens to it, so I don't need to promote it here, but it's a great podcast. And he was saying that he couldn't figure out how to write the song. And he was in Seattle recording some stuff, and just a simple walk around Seattle like kind of changed everything for him. Here's him telling that story.
0: The band scored uh, a film called Man on the Moon with Milos Foreman. Oh right, Oh, sure. um, oh based yeah. Based on wow. based on a song that we wrote called Man on the Moon, which was yeah. about Andy Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And uh, the the comedian, and um, uh, it kind of it kind of brought Andy back into as a as, a, as a, he had died and had kind of been forgotten. And um, this friend of ours brought some VHS tapes to a studio in Seattle. And we were there working, and uh, I watched the tapes. And then there was this m- piece of music that the band loved, but I couldn't, I couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. And um, I went on a long walk the last day that we were in the studio, and I wrote "Man on the Moon" walking around the blocks of downtown Seattle, and wow. recorded that it that night. And we gave it to the record company the next day, and that was that. No, no, it's crazy how ha- I mean that really ha- that really happened. That's super <laughs> nuts.
1: Isn't that a cool story, Matt?
0: That is. I had no idea. Had you ever heard of that before? No, I
1: didn't know that. I love and that hear- was a great song. I love that song. It's when a came fantastic, out. yeah, fantastic, great song. great album too. Automatic for the people. I love hearing about how creative people get creative, like where their where their uh, ideas come from, what inspires them, and like in this guy's case, he's talking about like I couldn't figure out how, what the words for the song going to be, and just walk around and to just write it. I mean, like it's just flowing through you at that point. If he's just writing it while walking the streets of Seattle, one brief little walk, they record it that night, and then it was a massive hit for them. I mean, that's. Probably the song that I know best from REM, but only because I know the movie so well. That one, "Losing My Religion," I think of the two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's a better. Yeah, that's a very good song too. Very good. All right, let's move on. This was really. uh, This was. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out which story to tell you guys here because I don't know if we have time for both. All right, I'm gonna do the Elmo one. This is creepy and funny. Do you guys know who Elmo is? It's a stupid question. Of course you know who Elmo is. It's Sesame Street. So Elmo has a Twitter account or an X account, whatever you call it, because everybody does. And Elmo gets onto Twitter and he posts a very simple question. And he says to everyone, and you guys, this is, you might remember, tickle me, Elmo. a <laughs> <must> ticklish.
0: <laughs> oh, boy.
1: Ugh, I don't like it. Uh, I don't know why I don't like it. It just creeps me out. But, uh, so Elmo posted on X, he said, Elmo is just checking in, how is everybody doing? Just imagine that in Elmo's voice, which I'm not going to do, because it's weird. Uh, Elmo's just checking in, how's everybody doing? And for whatever reason, and because the internet is a bizarre place, this went viral. And hundreds of millions of people have now seen this post. And they've been responding. And the responses are hilarious, because they're all super depressing. And obviously people are joking around and they're having fun and, you know, taking a cut at Elmo. But um, listen to some of these replies. I I pulled a few of them for you. Um, So again, Elmo says, Elmo's just checking in. How's everybody doing? So here's one of the replies. Every morning, I cannot wait to go back to sleep. Every Monday, I cannot wait for Friday to come. Every single day and every single week for life. (laughs) It's like all of those responses, 177 million of those. Another one says, Elmo, I'm suffering from existential dread over here. Another one says, not good, Elmo, not good. And then another one says, the world is burning, Elmo. No amount of tickles can fix this. Um, It was funny enough uh, because even Joe Biden got in on the action. He actually responded, and again, I'm not under any illusion that Joe Biden is on Twitter Somebody in his staff, but it's under Joe Biden's name, so we can credit him with saying this. He says, I know how hard it is some days to sweep the clouds away and get to sunnier days. Uh, The president wrote, our friend Elmo is right. We have to be there for each other. We have to help our neighbors in need and above all else, ask for help when we need it. Even though it's hard, you're never alone. So I thought that was, I guess, a nice thing to say. I would assume the president has other things he's doing, so I assume this is a staffer. He's probably fighting a war somewhere or worrying about the border or something serious. Elmo ended it, though. Uh, At the end, I think it even got a little overwhelming for Elmo. Elmo said, wow, Elmo is glad he asked. Um... He says, uh, uh, Elmo learned that it is important to ask a friend how they are doing. Elmo will check in again soon. Friends, Elmo loves you. And then a big heart emoji, and then a hashtag emotional well being. So, a fun thing from Elmo today. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. Matt Markovich coming up next. A lot of great stuff. Matt, what do we got?
0: Coming up on tonight's edition of Cairo Knights, Matt Markovich, as mentioned, will be with us to explain a new bill that targets coupon discrimination in Washington. Also, we'll take a look at the day in news with all the Cairo personalities on the fan favorite, the News Roundup. Right now, I'm just really concerned about the moon, so I'm going to go check on it. Stay tuned. It's Cairo Knights with Jake Skorheim. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scoreheim.
1: Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have a very special guest on with me right now. He is a reporter for Cairo Radio. His name is Matt Markovich. He used to work for Sex Wax. You can look that up on Google. <laughs> and he's just a heck of a guy. Thanks for coming on, Matt. Always, Jake, anytime. All right, so there's a new house bill out, and it has to do Senate with- Senate bill. Senate bill, sorry. Okay. It's a bill, whatever. It's, okay. in, it's in government. Uh, there's a government bill out. And it is dealing with something that most people take advantage of at some point in their life, which is coupons.
0: I'm a cheap guy. Me so too. I use coupons. My we're not, wife we're uses cheap. coupons.
1: We're not cheap. We are uh, frugal. Frugal? Yeah. No, frugal oh, okay. is a much nicer oh, word yeah, than cheap. Yeah. Cheap implies that we're like, you know, not buying things that we should be buying. Frugal means that we are people. wise. Wise shoppers. We're wise shoppers. Uh, we are deliberate in our Penny purchases. pinchers. Yeah. Nah, mm. even Penny Pinchers has That's a That's still derogatory? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, so tell me about this uh, well, Senate bill.
0: have you had problems using a digital coupon, like standing in the store, and you got your app out, you're in the grocery store, and, oh my gosh, I can't download this thing, it's not working, but the only way I can get a discount off my six-pack of Coke that I'm buying um, is have that digital coupon? Sure. And you don't get it because you can't download it? Well, this is what this bill addresses. It addresses a Senate Bill sixty two sixty five, basically says, Let's make it an even playing field for all coupons. You have paper coupons, you got your circular that comes in the mail, and you have your digital coupons, which you get on an app, sure. or if you're standing in the store, it says scan me, and you know, those little QR code, scan the barcode, and then the app, the coupon will come up on your phone and then you take that to your uh cashier and you know apply to your loyalty card and it's all this digital stuff. Well, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't have smartphones or a computer to download these electronic coupons they can get off the internet. There's a lot of people or there, there's some people. I wouldn't say
1: is there a lot? Okay.
0: There I'm,
1: are people. Let's say there gonna, are let, people. Me,
0: let me just quote the senator behind this is which is Steve Conway, Democrat from uh Tacoma. There are a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay, he's an old guy. There are a lot of people. Okay, so I'll, uh, he's the one who's saying a lot. So he's brought forth this bill because of his frustration. He basically says, why not force these large grocery chains, and the, this bill would affect only grocery stores that are larger than 15,000 square feet, which is basically any supermarket or a large market sure. in the state. Why not make these guys... If you have a digital coupon and you don't have the digital coupon in the checkout line, you get the you get the discount. You just get it. So it ha- it has to be available to everyone. It has to be available. He called it coupon discrimination, and and that's an interesting title because you're discriminating against uh, against people who can't download the digital coupon and use it because either they don't have a device or standing there and the Wi-Fi doesn't work. Sure, it doesn't
1: work. So what are like uh, so. <laughs> kind of think how I feel about this. So I, under, I understand why they would want to do that. I am a person like, so I do the, um, uh. I, we shop at Fred Meyer a lot. Mm-hmm. Fred Meyer, like my dad says, Fred Meyer's has all your heart's desires. <laughs> uh, so we shop at Fred Meyer's. And when you go into Fred Meyer, you can go into the, the drive up pickup stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and when you do that, you just pop the trunk of your car and they shove it all in there for you. And they also, you can apply your coupons to your order it's great. And you did that all digitally, right? You did that. Well, sometimes it's digital, but yeah. sometimes they actually send a physical thing to my house. Yeah. And they say if you spend more than two hundred dollars, then you can get this. This coupon is worth right. twenty five dollars off, or whatever it is, and then you feel like an idiot when you don't bring that with you because you're just mm-hmm. basically giving them twenty five extra dollars.
0: Well, Steve Conway, the senator who's sponsoring, is saying that we live in an area where there's food deserts. There are uh, people who uh, are. Just- the the food costs are gone up so much they're looking for any they totally deal have. they can yeah so why are you discriminating on against again bringing up the six pack of coke why are you discriminating on a coupon for the guys who can download a digital one, where the people who don't have the means to do that have to pay full price why do on they that? Have to pay more sure. uh, on that six pack of Coke. So that's what this is all about. Now, well, how does the food and, and grocers in there talk about uh, think about this? Well, they hate it. They don't like it at all.
1: Now, why don't they like it? They because testify because well, they're offering that coupon to somebody. Why wouldn't they? Because be it's with disrupting doing it? their marketing
0: targeting of their audience of of their customer. They say that people who receive digital coupons, whether on the app is a different target audience They're, they're intentionally. And basically they said, not all coupons are supposed to be the same. They're not equal. They testified at the hearing that I listened to, uh, the guy who's getting the digital coupon is a different target audience. And the, the idea is to try and get that guy who may not go to the store all the time into the store. And bring them into the store with his phone it's a and his little and, enticement, and exactly. And the, and the circular, the people that you get the circular in the mail every Wednesday, those that's a different crowd that they're targeting. Yeah. And then you have the coupon clippers
1: uh, who are in the newspapers clipping your coupons. In the high end world of espionage, they call this a honeypot. They're trying to entice somebody with a honeypot and mm-hmm. get them into the store yep. with this coupon. This is the digital version of a honeypot yeah. so so one of the Horrible complaints analogy,
0: yeah one of the complaints order. was that the stores say well you know we have all most stores have a policy that if you heard about a digital coupon uh, cost you know price drop um, you just have to go to the checkout stand and tell the checker hey I saw this the six pack of Coke was on sale And they'll give can, it to you and they'll give it to you you know and why and the he' was saying the center is saying well why should the customer have to do that why not there's no sign at the checkout stand please ask us about coupons you don't know about so we can apply it to your your final bill there, there's no sign that says ask us about how we can reduce well, your see, bill
1: this is where this is where i think he's going down uh, uh i think this is where he's not understanding coupons if the store is just going to offer the lowest price at all times even if somebody doesn't have, why why have coupons at all why have digital coupons why have printable coupons if what he's saying that he wants them to do is offer that lowest price to every single person, then the store is just going to say, all right, no more coupons. They're gone. Mm-hmm. And we're just not going to be able to do that anymore because we can't offer the lowest price to every person. We're trying, like the store is saying, we're trying to entice certain people into the store who may mm-hmm. not be shopping as much as we want them to shop.
0: But there are stores. There's a large a large market uh, chain called WinCo. Sure. Uh, which does not offer Duke. Coupons—they just basically have low prices. They—that's what—that's their their marketing ploy. We don't have coupons. We have specials, but we don't have any coupons. And everybody gets a special. And everybody gets a special. You yeah. know, there's no there's no segregation of the customer by uh, I, technology.
1: I still like coupons because I feel like it makes it sets me apart from some. Not not that it makes me extra special. But what I think it shows is that somebody's extra diligent. I took the extra time mm-hmm. to try to save that money. Like, you're, do, you're doing a little bit of work, and your reward mm-hmm. is you don't have to pay as much. Mm-hmm. As somebody who walks in, like a Matt Markovich who walks in and says, I'm just going to buy a six-pack of Coke because I don't yeah. care because yeah. I have sex wax money. So <laughs> I'm just going to pay full price for Coke. A guy like me walks in, and I say, you know what? I don't know why Cokes are suddenly $8 for a yeah. six-pack, and they are crazy. Yeah, like, I, I don't know why soda so expensive. But I have a coupon. I'm gonna get a deal, and yeah. it makes me feel like a sex work—not sex. Work. <laughs> it makes me feel like a sex wax, Worker. Matt Markovich money guy. <laughs> all of that is just horrible. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think I understand what you're saying, and. We'll yeah. see if this passes. Yeah,
0: yeah, and then the one last thing about this is that they 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 argued about uh, the manufacturer's coupon. Now, I actually you have to scan the, the stores if you have a manufacturer one. Sure, came from uh, Procter and Gamble or whatever. Yeah, the store doesn't have anything to do with that. As zero to do that. Yeah. In fact, if they scan it, then Procter and Gamble will pay the store back for the, for the difference in the price. Yeah. So those stores need those coupons. Uh, and if you walk up to a teller and say, or a cashier and say, "Hey, I saw a Procter and Gamble." coupon for a dollar off the uh, tide or whatever um, can you give it to me well the center was saying let's give it to everybody well the main the stores are saying well those are manufactured well, coupons are our, different
1: you're asking us to just give away money in that case yeah, like yeah. all right well I don't think I like this bill, if I'm being completely honest. I don't like it, but maybe my listeners might like it. 888 973 5476. Let me know what you think. Matt Markovich, Cairo News Radio. Thanks so much for coming on. Anytime, Jake. Always happy to talk. Fantastic. I love this guy. All right. We got a lot more coming up on the show. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to the show. Have you guys, this was, I thought this was really fascinating because we all know that college is super expensive and you're always wondering like, why is college cost so much? So like, here's what I did. Let me tell you guys where I'm coming from. I, after high school, my parents sat me down they said, listen, Jake, here's how much college is going to cost if you go here. Cause I had dreams of going to wherever I wanted to go for some four year out of state. And they said, all right. This is what it's going to cost to go to this four-year out-of-state. Or you can go to Everett Community College for two years, get your AA, and then transfer somewhere, and you can save a ton of money, which is what I ultimately decided to do because a number of reasons. One, school's really hard. Uh, Two, uh, I was not a super mature 18-year-old kid, and I would have missed my mommy. And so I stayed home, and I went to Everett. It ended up being a really great decision for me. Stupidly, when I did transfer, I transferred to a school at a state that was really expensive. So I kind of like, I kind of did both actually. And so when I finished college, and it came time to start paying some of my uh, loans off, I was shocked at how much college costs. Because when you're like eighteen to twenty two, when you're in school, you're not thinking that someday you're going to have to pay these things off. And I just assumed, like all college students do, that the minute you finish college, they're just going to hand you a six figure job. And then your college payment's just going to be nothing. You just be, I don't really care. I'm making a six-figure salary. I know that happens for some people. It did not happen that way for me. So it was a lot of money. Here's my question for you guys. How how many administrators do you think that the average college campus has? Somebody actually looked into this. This was interesting. Somebody did an analysis, uh, this website called The College Fix. They went to a little university called Cornell. I think it's actually pronounced Colonel, but they went to Cornell. And they found out that that college has one administrator for every two undergraduates. So they have 7,764 full-time administrators and support staff. And they have 15,685 students. So it's 495 to 1,000, which is like, if I'm doing my dumb math, that's one to two. So 50% of the people on that campus are a full-time paid person And everyone, or uh, 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 yes, uh, one out of two is full time paid person, and then the other two people are students paying their wages, which is insane. I don't even understand how a university can run like that. And that's Cornell or Colonel. If you're not a Cornell man, you probably shouldn't wear them. No, I get it. I I totally understand. And uh, I just want to assure you that I mean no disrespect. You see, I'm applying. Come on, you think you could get into Cornell? Well, someone who barely outsells Phyllis. Can get in, I should be fine. I'm sitting right here, Dwight. I meant that as a compliment to you, Phyllis, as well as a slight to Andy. I love that. That's Andy Dwyer, of course, from the office, who famously went to Cornell and talks about it all of the time. I just found that fascinating. Like one out of two, uh one out of every two people at Cornell is an administrator on full-time salary. That's pretty great. All right, one more thing, really quick before we get out of here. You guys know who this is? You got that
2: James day, dream, 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 look in your eyes. Of course eye, you do. And I got that
1: So if you are a Taylor Swift fan, you obviously know who that is. If you are an NFL fan, you also know who that is because all the NFL seems to care about is Taylor Swift. She has been—Taylor Swift actually might—Matt, I I think Taylor Swift might actually have, like, she either found a genie somewhere and rubbed a magic lamp, and now she has Midas touch because everything she touches turns to gold— She has given the NFL—I was reading this the other day. She gave the NFL, essentially, with her presence at NFL games, has increased their market value by almost $400 million. That's how much more the NFL is worth now, just because Taylor Swift goes to a game, which is insane. Here's the other thing that happened. So she and Patrick Mahomes' wife, uh, who I'm blanking on her name. I think it might be Brittany. It's Brittany, yeah. Brittany, Brittany. There you go. Brittany Mahomes. She and Brittany Mahomes were pictured at one of these games, because Taylor Swift is dating uh, Travis Kelsey, as everybody knows, and Brittany Mahomes is married to Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback for the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They showed up to some of these playoff games wearing these puffy coats, and they have the numbers of of their fella on the coat, and the entire world's brain just melted down. Everyone was like, where'd you get that puffy coat? That's amazing. Where'd you get that puffy coat? So apparently they got that puffy coat from... Another NFL player's wife who makes puffy coats, and her name is Kristen. She's married to a San Francisco 49ers player. His name is Kyle. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Matt, do you know how to pronounce this? (laughs) J-U-S-Z-C-Z-Y-K. No, I don't. Do you have any idea how this is pronounced? All right, Kyle something. Kyle J. He's a fullback, Kyle J. So Kristen J is married to Kyle J. He's with the 49ers. Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes find out that she makes these really unique puffer jackets. So they say, hey, can you make us one of those puffer jackets? She says, yes. She makes them a a custom puffer jacket. They then show up to the game wearing the puffer jackets. Everybody freaks out. Her social media goes through the roof. It's up like like 1,476% since they wore her jacket. And now the NFL has reached out to her and said, hey, we want to sign an exclusive deal with you. So you can start selling these puffer jackets with NFL logos for all the different teams. And so now she's an officially licensed NFL puffy coat maker because Taylor Swift wore a puffy coat. Everything she touches turns to gold. All right, we got a lot more on the show. Next, we have the news roundup. One more time, here's a trivia clip. a 973 5476 Here it is. I'm going to tell you what the answer to this is at the top of the next hour, but I'm going to play this for you now. My computer's freezing, so I can't play it for you now. Here it is.
0: The children were screaming. The children were
1: screaming. All right, I'm going to give you the answer to that when we come back. Good luck. We're going to be right back here on Cowboy Nights.